to encourage you, to equip you, and to empower you to fulfill God's divine destiny for your life. Hello there. Welcome back to the podcast. My name is Jen Tringale, and this podcast is meant to help you grow, excel, and become all that God intended you to be. No matter what that might be, we just believe that God is setting us up to affect every part of our culture, and we are just adamant about breaking boxes, breaking molds, and just letting God really prepare us, position us, and place us exactly where He is intended, you and I, to make a difference. And hopefully this podcast is one of the many tools that you have to encourage you and inspire you on that path. This past month, I released a podcast where I was talking about something that is really one of those oxymorons. It's called a false sense of peace. And one of those things that can trip us up and hold us in a place where we might just be sort of telling ourselves, well, I've got peace about this, or, you know, I'm fine with things just the way they are. But really, if we look a little deeper and we ask ourselves the hard question, we find out that it's really false peace because it's only peaceful to our humanity, to our flesh. And we said this, that in our humanity, if our humanity is left by itself, it's a proven fact that humanity will choose a negative known over a positive unknown simply because of that fear of the unknown. And it also comes from our need to have a sense of control. Even though it might be a negative experience, I know what's coming. And so humanity left by itself will tend to choose that over something that is set up to be positive, but it is unknown to our flesh. Well, thank God that we do not have to follow sort of the protocols of what our humanity would choose But you and I have something on the inside of us, greater on the inside of us as believers, as people of faith. The Bible says, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. And so that greater that is God, the Holy Spirit on the inside will empower you to overcome your humanity, reconciling itself to live in a false peace and empower you to confront things that need to be confronted to really come in to a greater place. Jesus said when he came that he came to give us life, but to give us life more abundantly. And in Matthew chapter five, we said this, Jesus said, blessed are the peacemakers for they shall be called the sons of God. And we talked about how living in real peace means so many times confrontation, that we have to confront things and cause a temporary place of chaos in order to build a lasting peace. I want to pick this up here and sort of present to you something that's really a twin to what we talked about in that false sense of peace. 
And it's another sort of oxymoron. And in case you missed that, some of these things can be sort of funny. We talked about some oxymorons that exist in our culture. Like when people say, you know, they are clearly confused. That's an oxymoron. Somebody will say, you know, that is almost exactly what I was trying to describe. Sometimes people will say, well, you know, that used to be unknown, but I guess now it's more of an open secret. Total oxymoron. Somebody will say, yeah, they experienced a crash landing. I said this, I never really want to experience that. And many times people will talk about taking a working vacation. So not a real thing. There's no such thing as a working vacation. So these are oxymorons that sort of exist in our culture. Another one you hear on the news sometimes is a peace-seeking missile. Totally an oxymoron. So we talked about a false sense of peace, false peace being an oxymoron. But I want to tag one onto that, and that is uh, what I am calling reticent faith. To be reticent means to go silent. And so when you talk about a reticent faith, That's truly a legitimate oxymoron in the life of a person of faith and a believer because as we know, you can't have reticent faith. If you have faith, faith means to act on something you believe, to speak something that you believe. The Bible tells us that faith without works, without action, without motion, without momentum is dead. So in essence, it's not faith at all. I want to pick this up and really kind of bring this to a place of momentum. And it's really from this passage of scripture we talked about in the book of Jeremiah. In Jeremiah, uh, the people of God were really at a place where they were needing change. They were trying to find out what they were supposed to do about the false peace they had been living in. And so they had come together for this meeting and they had invited sort of the leading prophets of the day. And so in that meeting, there was a young prophet that as soon as the meeting was called to order, he jumped up and started to give his take on things. And so one of the things that he did is he stood up and he said, thus saith the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel says to you, I have broken the yoke of the king of Babylon, which is the king that had enslaved a portion of their people. And he went on to say, within two full years, all the captives of Judah that are in Babylon are going to be returned. And then he sat down. And so Jeremiah sort of stood up as the highest ranking prophet of the day and acknowledged what he said, but then kind of gave him this place to sort of rein it in a little bit. In essence, to say like, that's a pretty big deal what you just said. Are you sure? Do you want to rephrase that? And Hananiah, you know, just stood sort of in this gravitas he was feeling and said, it is so. And so as the meeting was adjourned and the people actually went home feeling a sense of reprieve, in essence, thinking, wow, it's a thus saith God. This is a sovereign act of God. We don't have to do anything. He says he's going to take care of it. And the Lord spoke to Jeremiah as he was going home. And he said, you go back and tell Hananiah, thus saith the Lord, you tell him, you have broken yokes of wood off the people but you have made them yokes of iron. And he said to tell him, the Lord did not send you to say this, and you made these people to trust in a lie. So what did he do? He put them in a a false sense of peace that really caused them to sit in what we're talking about, which is a reticent faith, a faith that has gone silent. 
Now, it's interesting, the symbolism in this prophetic word that the Lord told Jeremiah to give Hananiah. He said, you broke a yoke of wood. Well, what is a yoke of wood representative of? If you put a yoke of wood on something, that is a yoke, but it's a temporary yoke. Why? Because wood can be broken. Wood symbolically, you know, can be chopped in half. It can be burned. It can be broken. So it's a temporary yoke. But he said, you took this yoke of wood off of them and in its place, you put a yoke of iron. Well, iron is used symbolically as something that cannot be removed. It is permanent. So how did Hananiah's words put a yoke of iron, a yoke that can't be removed off of them because he caused them to trust in a lie. He caused them to believe there is no action for us to take. He caused them to be moved and pushed back into a reticent faith. And the story goes on that Jeremiah continued and said, because of this, he said, your life will be over within a year. And it came to pass. Hananiah died before the year was out. These people were so glad to hear words of reprieve, but the words of peace did not give them works of peace. They were false words of peace that put a fierce yoke on those people. And so they were living in a place of iron. In our own lives, if we don't challenge our ways of thinking, challenge our ways of living, what can be a temporary yoke can become a permanent yoke. No doubt if Hananiah would have stayed silent, that words would have come, true direction would have come from God, and that direction would have shown them what they were to say and what they were to do. But instead, those false words put a permanent yoke on them. Those words did not set these people up for what God was wanting to set them up for. God was setting them up because he wanted them to arise. So what am I saying? I'm saying if we shy away from words that instigate change, then we are doomed to live under a yoke ourselves. An example of this would be like a yoke of your self-image. You know, a yoke is a sad thing. After you carry a yoke for a while, you get so used to it, you actually forget that it's there. So an impairment can actually become the norm for you. Reticent faith can actually become like a bondage that can become a norm. But there is nothing reticent about people who are living in a time like we're living in right now. Reticent faith, in other words, is not going to make it one day. Remember what reticent means. It means to be silent, to be inclined, to be silent or uncommunicative in speech or in action. Let me make this statement to you. Anything that is going to be delivered into your hand must first be declared out of your mouth. There is nothing reticent about that. Anything that's going to be delivered into your hand has to be first declared out of your mouth. Resigning ourselves to live in places of a reticent faith is just not a part of our new creation experience. Romans chapter 6 and verse 4 says that God has called us to live in a newness of life. In Romans 12 in verse 2, 
It says that we are not to be conformed to this world, but what does it say? We are to be transformed by the renewing of our mind. This word transformed is really interesting because it's actually the same symbolism that is used when God talks about when Jesus went up to the Mount of Transfiguration and he was transfigured. So what is he telling us? He's saying to be transformed in the renewing of your mind, to confront places where you have been reticent in your faith, where you have been putting up with something that is keeping you in bondage, something that is holding you back, that has just become your norm, putting up with those things. When we confront those and we transform our thinking, a transfiguration takes place. Why? Because the greater one that's living in you begins to shift you and change you into a greater version of you that God intended for you to be all the time. The Bible says this, you and I are meant to go from strength to strength, from faith to faith, from glory to glory. There is a greater strength. There is a version of you that you have not even experienced yet. And if you will push out of places of reticent faith and transform your mind. There will be a transfiguring that happens where you will shed, literally shed old versions of you and sort of come into a new version of you that you have never seen before. You know, it reminds me of what they said about Jesus. You know, when Jesus died on the cross and he descended into hell. And it says that he confronted the kingdom of darkness. He took the keys of death, hell, and the grave, you know, and he defeated them once and for all. The Bible tells us that if they had known, they never would have crucified the Lord of glory. Can I just say that the kingdom of darkness actually thinks the same things about you and I every time we go through the process of Romans 12 too. Every time that you push back against being conformed to the way the world thinks, the way the world relates, the way the world lives, valuing what the world values, which is totally based on a false system of value, Every time you choose to be transformed by the renewing of your mind and that transfiguration happens where that greater version of you, because you are in Christ, begins to evolve. You shed the old version and you come into a new version. Every time that happens, the kingdom of darkness says the same thing about you. Man, if we had known, we never would have gone after them this year. We never would have messed with her. We never would have messed with him. If we would have known that by putting the press on them, by putting pressure on them, they weren't going to be conformed, but they were going to be transformed into even a stronger version, a more faith-filled version into a greater place of glory. We never would have messed with them. We would have just left them right where they're at. The kingdom of darkness says the same thing about you and I, that they said about Jesus, if we had known, we never would have crucified the Lord of glory. I want to say this to you, whatever is confronting you right now, whatever is putting pressure on you to just conform, to stay under the same yokes of the way you've been thinking, the way you've been relating, maybe the same things that have tripped you up. I'm not even talking about, you know, overt, obvious 
places of destruction or sin. I'm talking about things that maybe nobody else can see. Maybe things that have just become a norm to you. But when you look at it, you have to admit to yourself, this is not life and life more abundantly. Maybe you live in cycles of anger, cycles of depression. Maybe you live in cycles where when you feel out of control, there are certain things you do to feel like you're in control again. And you and Jesus are the only ones maybe that know what those cycles are. But what I'm saying to you is, God is calling you and I to confront things we've been putting up with, where we have not been letting our faith affect these issues in areas of our life. We are living in the oxymoron of reticent faith. But once we see it, you and I both know that truth sets us free, and that truth compels us to do something about it. Old things that we have relied upon, old reliances and how we used to do things, have got to be let go of. Our trust and confidence of things turning out right cannot stand in old successes more than they stand in who He is, and not just who He is, but who He is in us. Listen, these places of confronting false peace and reticent faith, yokes that have been holding us back, things that have been hemming us in, Confronting these things, this change, this temporary chaos for real peace, what is that all about? It's about progress. It's about becoming the fullness of who God made us to be. It's about standing before our maker at the end of our day and him looking at us and saying, you know what? You didn't settle. You didn't put up with yokes of wood. You didn't allow them to become yokes of iron. You allowed change to happen. Well done, good and faithful servant. The truth is this. This is something God spoke to me about this year. And it was at the end of 2017. And I heard this clearly in my heart, that our provision lies in our progression. Your provision. Provision for what? Provision for your life. Provision for you, spirit, soul, and body. Provision lies in your progression Provision for the dream he placed in you, provision for the vision, lies in your progression. You cannot afford to stay where you're at. Maybe you've been able to live comfortable, but you've been living in false peace and reticent faith. And it's time for us to be willing to get uncomfortable, to go to a new place of strength and faith and glory. Hebrews chapter 11 I just encourage you to take some time and look at our heroes of faith in Hebrews 11. The things that they had to confront, you talk about uncomfortable. I mean, by faith, Abraham left everything he knew and literally moved to where? He started the process of moving even when he didn't know where he was moving to. Noah was called to take every bit of resource he had to use all of his credibility, all of his reputation, all of the love and faith in his family, and to start building something that had never been before. God called him to build a huge boat, in essence, a cruise ship in a landlocked state based on the word of the Lord. I don't know that God's called you and I to do anything that drastic, but I know that there's places we need to confront 
that literally can feel that drastic to us. I encourage you in this way, let's confront any oxymoron in our walk with God. Let's confront any false peace, any reticent faith, and let's allow the work of the Holy Spirit to renew us, to transform us, and to transfigure us into the versions of ourselves that he originally wrote and blueprinted and architected us to be. We are not going to get there on our own. That's why we need a Savior, but guess what? That's why you have a Savior. Let's employ the greater one on the inside who empowers us to change and to progress. I pray this is ministered to you. I pray this spoke to your heart. I pray that it's begun a work of challenging you, not to just upset the apple cart, but to move into a new place of abundant life that God prepared for you and I to have. Listen, if these podcasts have been a help and encouragement to you, man, just take a minute and let us know. We'd love to hear from you. You can email me at booking at jentringale.com or visit the website, jentringale.com. You can also find me on Facebook under Jen Tringale and Instagram under the same. Shoot me a message. Send me DM on Instagram. Hey, I'd love to hear from you and hear what God is stirring in your heart. I just know this. It's a lot easier to change and to become when you're doing it together. I am so thrilled with the listeners that I have gotten to meet and to connect with of this podcast. So many of you are doing such bold things, doing such great things, and starting out with whatever step you know how. I am just delighted to hear about how much God is stirring in the hearts of people all over the world. And I know this, that it's so much more fun when we are running together. Hey, we love you. We're praying for you. Let us know if there's something in prayer we can agree with you about. Contact us and let us know. Have a great week, everybody. We'll see you back here soon for next month's podcast. This is Jen Tringale. God bless you. Bye-bye.